Welcome to episode 102 of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This week we are looking at Season 4, Episode 20, Small Potatoes. Original air date was April 20th, 1997. The action primarily takes place in West Virginia, and the IMDb user score has risen from 9 to 9.1 out of 10. So this is one of the stronger episodes, and one of the best-known comedic episodes. It was directed by Cliff Bowl in his first of four X-Files episodes. He's probably best known for directing for the various Star Trek franchises. He directed 25 episodes of Next Generation, 7 of Deep Space Nine, and 10 of Voyager, as well as 15 episodes of the original MacGyver and 24 episodes of the original Fantasy Island. It was written by Vince Gilligan in his seventh of 30 X-Files episodes. So a very brief summary of the plot is that a shapeshifter with a tail manages to impregnate five women by taking on the physical attributes of husbands or other people that they would have consensual sex with. Ultimately, he ends up replacing Mulder and almost seduces Scully. That's only stopped by the real Mulder coming in at the last possible minute. And the episode does point out how much of Mulder's personal isolation is his own choice in the way he lives his life. Now, for the stars, we've got Darren Morgan as Eddie Van Blunt. Eddie is the shapeshifter in question. Darren Morgan wrote previous comedic episodes, you know, War of the Coprophages and others like that, and he played the Fluke Men in Season 2, Episode 2, The Host. The role was written specifically for him by Vince Gilligan. The other notable guest star is Christine Cavanaugh, who plays Amanda, Eddie's high school sweetheart, who's the unmarried woman in the bunch, there's actually a very entertaining scene when Mulder interviews her because, you know, her public statements were that she was impregnated by someone from another planet. He came in thinking, well, this may be an alien abductee, but no, she said he was from another planet, not an alien. His name is Luke Skywalker, and he's a Jedi Knight. And that scene is just played beautifully by everyone involved. She is best known for her work doing primarily voice acting as the title character in Babe, as Goslin Waldemeyer in Darkwing Duck, Chucky on Rugrats, Dexter on Dexter's Lab, and a lot more. In terms of contributions to the long-term myth arc of the series, all this really does is establish a couple things. One is that romance between the leads is not entirely out of the question, and two, that shapeshifters are not unique to the alien species, so there does seem to be some parallel evolution with them developing on Earth. Now, in terms of the science involved, is shapeshifting possible? Well, I don't think the way it's presented would work for this. Eddie seems to mimic people by studying their features and taking on their appearance. We saw him really closely looking at the arresting officer whom he impersonated before escaping. Now, that could work well enough to walk out of a police station looking like the officer because everyone sees what he saw, so he just has to mimic that. Now, how he works, there's got to be more physical adaptations than this talks about. This talks about the muscles under the skin, which can change the shape of some of the features. It talks about, you know, at the end they mention that there's some sort of strange development of the follicles, so he can't adjust his hair too, which, okay, fine. That's something that's necessary, and they do say that they don't understand it, so they just acknowledge that something's got to be going on there. We're also talking about hair color, overall height, weight, and build. I mean, muscle tissues may be able to change the shape of your features, but they can't really rearrange your skeleton. Even beyond that, assuming he could take on the physical appearance of someone by studying them, well, I mean, seducing Amanda makes sense. 
because again, he's working from that same physical information that she's got. But the married couples, aside from the obvious details that you can't see, we are looking at different amounts of body hair, birthmarks, not to mention personal techniques and style, habits. I mean, how much of a peeping Tom would any need to be to pull this off? There's at least some degree of that. We know the pet names that one couple uses because he uses them properly. So he is paying attention and trying. He does seem to have himself convinced he's trying to make these women happy, even though he is undoubtedly raping them. If you dig into this too much, it falls apart on a lot of levels. So you kind of have to accept it, as well as just accepting the fact that they are essentially making a serial rapist somewhat sympathetic. I mean, and we know that he's done this with these women. We have to ask ourselves, did he stop there? And I have to ask myself, if I were in Eddie's place, why wouldn't I just take out a classified ad as a fantasy fulfiller? The, who do you want to be with? That's who'll show up kind of thing. That's got to be better pay than the janitorial work he was getting, as well as being, you know, a little more ethical and legal than what we've got going on here. I mean, sure, it's essentially a form of prostitution, but he would just have to relocate from, say, West Virginia to Vegas something like that, and he could end up working comfortably, ethically, and legally for the rest of his life. Of course, then he'd have a harder time collecting his father's pension checks, but he also wouldn't need them as much. But overall, I do like the fact that they were still exploring the differences in the physiology and that they could have done the rest. They do mention that there are differences in the genome. A quick PCR showed that part of one chromosome was missing, things like that. But I just find it hard to believe that he could convincingly take the place of husbands involved in the intimate relationships that we see here. So that's about all we have to say about Small Potatoes. Now, in terms of the podcast itself and X-Files in general, it was announced on Friday that X-Files is returning with another event series for the 2017-2018 TV season, this time with 10 episodes rather than 6. Last time I opened it up to listener votes for whether I cover those live or not, this time I'm not going to do that because I did find that it disrupted the flow of the podcast to skip ahead, do that, and then come back. So I'll probably do a one-off season wrap-up kind of thing once all 10 episodes are out, but a detailed episode-by-episode podcast is not going to come until the end of this podcast series when it's in the natural fit with how you'd watch these in sequence. So after we wrap up season 9 and the second film, I'll take another look at the six-episode season 10 event, which may or may not be an individual episode thing, since that's already been done, and then do season 11, those 10 episodes, in 10 different podcasts there. And if we get a season 12, that would follow suit, and so on and so forth. So that's it for this week. Join us again in two weeks' time when we look at Zero Sum. In the meantime, feedback can be sent to bureau42podcasts at gmail.com. Also, rate this and any of the shows you listen to on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever podcatcher you use. It really does help the shows get noticed. And finally, thank you for listening.